Today I complete a series of three interviews with a former Seattle police officer who was with the department for 14 years. We discuss what it's like being a police officer in the midst of this national negative narrative on policing, and specifically what it was like working the front lines of the protests and riots that erupted over the summer, in particular holding the line at the Seattle Police Department's East Precinct, the closure of which made national news. And we talk about why he ultimately decided it was time to leave the Seattle Police Department, a department he still loves, to go to a different agency. We've all heard stories like this in the news, but I certainly found it emotional and impactful after hearing this officer's personal experiences. Of course, I don't let him go without finding out, even with all that's happened, what the rewards have been. Officer, in our first two interviews, we talked a lot about many important stories, examples of the work you have done. Have you enjoyed being in law enforcement? Has it been what you wanted? And what is it like now with all of the anti-police rhetoric and, and more than rhetoric, you know, anti-police activity? Yeah. Uh, first question, yes. Uh, I am super grateful that I've been able to be in this career because I feel like I have helped people. I feel like I have done kind of the good guy work that I signed up for. I am not some you know, send them all to jail, black and white thinker kind of policeman. And so I spend and have spent far more of my 14 years with this department trying to help people. It is a profession that I love. What I'll say is that BLM, the George Floyd movement, they have a tremendous amount of legitimacy. People have been mistreated in this country for hundreds of years. That's not lost on me. I empathize with with them. I also know that it's far too simplistic to say all cops are bad. It's far too simplistic to say it's all systemic. I know far too many good individuals who are police officers because they want to do good in whatever community they're working in. The rhetoric that I hear now is incredibly painful because I know it's not true. And so it's very, very difficult. Uh, you know, it's, it's incredibly frustrating when the offshoots of legitimate protests get tied into and down, you know, water down the message. And, and, I, and I say that about, you know, the, the thing, the, the kind of protests that I've been on this last year within the city, they start with BLM. They start with legitimate concerns about unequal treatment. But by the end of the night, it's no longer about that. It's about the mobsters that want to come out and throw rocks and bottles at us and and that want to cause mayhem for no reason other than mayhem. I've only seen the news reports of what those interactions were like. So you were there at some of these? Yes. But tell me what it was like. Well, this, the day starts by standing on the line you get deployed. At this point, we're protecting the East Precinct. We got put out onto riot lines where we would stand and face the crowds. They were on one side of a barricade. We were on the other. And then behind us was a line of uh, National Guardsmen at the time. We'd stand there for hours and hours and hours. And you have to just stand kind of not reacting. And what are they doing as you're standing there? 
oh my God, they're screaming how horrible we are, that we should kill ourselves, uh, screaming the N-word at my African-American partner that was standing next to me. It was it was absolutely disgusting, the, the kind of things that, that were happening. Just, just really, really bad stuff. And that goes on for hours and hours, and then as the night progresses and they're shining lasers in our eyes, which is incredibly dangerous, there are bottles, rocks, all kinds of things getting thrown at us. We have shields, and we would bring our shields up and look for it, and, and then you go back to just standing there as a target. At some point, the commanders decide this is no longer a lawful protest, and they give dispersal orders. And that's when there were physical interactions, when they would refuse to move. There would be, not just refuse to move, when they would refuse to move and they would continue assaulting us with projectiles and so forth. Put yourself in my shoes for a second. We have a helmet on, we have a gas mask on, we have all this protective gear that's incredibly heavy. You're super sweaty, you've been there all day, it's a summer day. So you're just physically very uncomfortable. You're exhausted after being uh, on there for a long period of time do what we have to do, you know? I mean, it it is super chaotic, super difficult, but again, it's the job. These were no longer just peaceful protesters that wanted to get a message across. These were were kind of rioters. These were people in a mob that wanted to get a message across, but that was, you know, let's let's, uh, assault the police. That was the message. June 8th, I was at a protest in at the East Precinct, I was instructed to arrest somebody who had failed to disperse. I tried to make that arrest. It became physical. He wound up breaking my finger, breaking my finger. The guy was was released and never charged. And when nothing happens to somebody who is part of this mob and who assaults an officer, and I was off for, I think, three months because... If you have a broken finger, you can't hold a gun. Uh, and it was a pretty badly broken finger. And this was just my finger, you know. This wasn't some guy taking a swing at my head with a baseball bat, for goodness sake. So to think that we've gotten to a point in society where the guy just gets released without any charges, it was incredibly dispiriting, right? And so how does that feel to you personally? I, I, we've just had a very long conversation about how much you give of yourself to take care of others. And now you have people attacking you. How does that feel? It is, it's, it's been a, a, a facet of Seattle policing since I started there and, and long before that, right? There's always, there's always Maydays. There's always protests. There's, that's fine. It is fine, actually. It's, uh, it's one of the things that makes Seattle kind of cool is they, they have a rebellious and a very progressive spirit. That's awesome. Right now, it's being built on a, a narrative that I know to be false, at least for Seattle Police Department. I know to be false, so it, it's really tough for me right now. I think your question was, how does it make me feel? It makes me feel crummy. It makes me feel like everything that we've done to try and protect this city is being twisted in a way that is simply false and is being portrayed in a way that is evil. And what I am hearing and what I have to listen to all the time now is, no, you're the bad guy. You're the problem. You're the reason why society sucks so bad. And this is all your fault. And it's incredibly dispiriting. It's incredibly difficult. Police work has its problems, 100% guaranteed. So does education. So does uh, health care. Um, you know, there's, there's disparate outcomes that, that negatively affect persons of color in all of these systems, in all of this country. 
but nobody's screaming to defund the doctors. Nobody's screaming to defund the teachers. And so for me, I take that very personally because I know the great work. I see the great work that goes on every day in Seattle PD, and it's just not newsworthy. So my understanding is that you are leaving the Seattle Police Department, and I'm wondering if it's because of the lack of support of the community and I would guess potentially the city officials. What is your reason for departing? I think what got it started for me was the incident I mentioned with my finger. And I guess I'll preface it by saying I really expected to retire from Seattle PD in the, in the, in the future, pretty far in the future. I expected that right up until the beginning of 2020, middle of 2020. It's a good department. Department is a progressive department. It's introspective enough to know it doesn't have all the answers, but it looks for them. And I dig that. I think I am leaving because I am just, I don't want to sound dramatic, but I'm just kind of heartbroken. You know, I'm, I'm just sad that the leaders of our community have chosen to vilify us for what seems like their own political gain. You know, I I never thought it would come to this. There are certainly some members of the community who are willing to come forward and say, you know, express their appreciation. But there are so, so many of them that are super vocal and super hateful. And then when you couple that with the filing standards, the revolving door at King County Jail, if they even make it to King County Jail, it's just, it becomes too much at some point to say, I feel like I'm doing any good anymore. And if I can't do good in the community, then I have to go someplace where, at least in my own mind, I feel like I'm having a positive impact. You know, when people are allowed to just go into businesses and steal whatever they want to without any ramifications. And trust me, that's exactly what they do. You know, there's a hardware store, a a national chain hardware store in my patrol district that gets raided every single day. Are you kidding? Oh, absolutely not. How they stay in business, it it blows my mind. So this is actually happening. People, because... Uh, these crimes are not being prosecuted. Yes, yes. And people know, meaning the criminals, the thieves, who go into these stores know that we will not take them to jail. And they know because of COVID or the jail not accepting people or them, the city or the county not charging them, they are convinced that they can do this with impunity. And a lot of times they will go in there and the security people will try and stop them and maybe they'll just run away from the security people. Maybe they'll dump the merchandise and walk away because they know the cops aren't coming. It's super frustrating for me because we've gotten to a point that we're just not policing anymore. And that's what's expected of us. And frankly, one of the reasons why I'm leaving is because I still want to make a difference. I still want to do good work. The line that you just said, I wrote down, The cops aren't coming. That's what our life is going to be. I I really hope things change uh, for the better. You know, I have 
two children, that, the two adult children that live in the city that need a police department. I, it just makes me so sad. Yeah, it makes me sad too, I'll be honest. You know, I fully expected to be laid to rest in my SPD blues at some point in the hopefully distant future. It makes me super sad that that's not going to happen. Well, you know, at least law enforcement will still have you. I thank you for talking with me today, and even more than that, I thank you for being a police officer. Yeah, you're very welcome.